are Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Hey, welcome back to Locked On Spurs, right here on the Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia, San Antonio Spurs writer. Glad to have you back. Hope you're having a good work week. Hey, the weekend's just right around the corner. Hang on in there. You'll be free soon enough. What are we talking about today? Well, we're going to have a little fun today. So, you know, one of the biggest storylines over the offseason for San Antonio Spurs has been Becky Hammond and her future, whether it be San Antonio or elsewhere. And also, Pop, is he going to go one more year or not? So that begs the question, kind of a fun question, is kind of a Marvel what if. What if? We're going to have a little fun today. What if Pop just suddenly says, you know what? I am done. I'm gone. I did my thing. I'm out. But Becky does a curveball and says, yeah, I can't wait another season. I have one just Pop made this announcement. I got to go now. And she takes off, lands at a different place. Which former San Antonio Spurs assistant coach that's gone on to become a head coach would Spurs fans welcome back? Now, that eliminates Ime Udoka because technically he left and he's still assistant coach. There's several guys out there. There's several former Spurs uh, coaches that are no longer head coaches in the NBA. We're going to rank them. We're going to debate them. Who's doing that with me? The, the guy's been MIA for quite some time here on Lockdown Spurs. As a matter of fact, I think even Lockdown Spurs itself wanted James Pledger back of ESPN San Antonio. Is that right, James? I heard Locked on Spurs literally said, where's James? We miss him so much. I did get a tweet, and I, I, I appreciate <laughs> it, but I, I haven't been gone that long. Like, I, it I feels like you've been gone days over a off long from time. work. That's it. Like, I, no, I but, left on Wednesday for Colorado, and I got back Monday. But from Locked on Spurs, though, it's been a, it's been a bit. It hasn't been that long. I mean, I'm pretty sure I did one right before I left. <laughs> James, James, why don't you just appreciate the love right now and just roll with it? I appreciate the love. I do. I I am flattered and honored, and I can't get enough of this. But <laughs> for That's goodness' James sake, man, I, right I needed now. some time to myself for once. <laughs> well, you got it. Get back on that saddle right here on Locked On Spurs. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at I am Pledger and tune in to the Saturday morning hangover. As the name says, it's every Saturday on ESPN San Antonio Radio. Let's go ahead and dive into it, James. Now, full disclosure, we, you know, I told you exactly what we're going to be talking about today, and you got the list of uh, several Spurs assistant coaches that got on to be head coaches. So just before we dive into that topic, your quick general thoughts about the Spurs and the coaching position or situation right now. If Pop returns, what does that mean for Becky? Does she wait out longer, or should she just bolt now? Well, first things first, uh, I guess we have to decipher what's next for Pop, right? That's yeah. the first thing on the docket. And when we, when it comes to that, uh, he's gearing up for Team USA. And if I remember correctly, Jason Tatum is one of the names that has recently confirmed for Team USA this summer. So... I mean, he's got that locked up, and that is his focus right now. Uh, since the season has ended, all his focus has been on Team USA. I will say this. When it comes to 
if I think he returns, I lean yes, only because of what I heard from Mike Krzyzewski during his retirement press conference. And through all of it, he talked about his time at Team USA being the head coach of Team USA and knowing he was a military dude from West Point, and he talked about secession and having a plan in place and then having Pop come in and learn, and then he stayed on after the fact and helped to kind of groom him until – you know, he was ready to take the reins finally this past year. COVID happened, so it pushed it to this year. Right. As far as I know, the next Team USA coach has not been tabbed. Therefore, there is no plan of secession. And the same can be said for the Spurs. There's no real plan of secession that we know of. And if he is... Air Force guy, a lot like uh, Krzyzewski and the way that he talked about having a plan of secession, I expect Pop to have a very similar thing set in place for both of these things before he moves on, which leads me to believe he may be back one more season. Yeah, I lean that he's not going to come back. Um, And if he does want to have a succession plan, I believe maybe it's been done, you know, on the down low, you know, with with Becky. You know, I think this past season we saw a spike in her running team uh, team timeouts, being very, very more vocal than she really has been. And you saw Pop on the sidelines lean on her at times, and she was in his ear quite more often than not. She took over the coaching reins when Pop got tossed, uh, little things like that. And, of course, just it was just a very weird feeling from Popovich in the media sessions. You know, you were there. It wasn't traditional Popovich. It, it felt very, like, Hey, if I'm going to go out, I want these guys to remember you know, in a close to a good way than a negative way. And as far as Team USA, I think he could still do that without being a head coach of the Spurs. I mean, he could just take whatever the amount of time is off just to still learn the ropes. Does it need to be a San Antonio head coach to do that? Mm-hmm. But no, no, I get, I get. You know, nobody should be shocked though if he does come back. I mean, that's what we've been used to the past few years. Is he going to come? Is he going to stay? You know, and then he just shows up to training camp and begins work. But as I, as I teased in the beginning, you know, uh, by the way, James and I, were, we're big nerds. We love Marvel series and there's a series called Marvel. <laughs> what if, you know, what if Captain America went to Peggy Carter? What if, um, you know, just a situation like that, like Hulk didn't get the gamma rays and somebody else got it, you know, things like that. So we're going to do that. Um, Pop in this what if Marvel multiverse, James, Pop mm-hmm. says, I am done. Becky says, yeah, me too. I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to go to New York or I'm going to go to uh, Portland, mm-hmm. whatever. And the Spurs saying, huh, well, we want somebody who can still maintain that culture, that just still has that playbook from Popovich and knows exactly what made this team successful. Aha, there's a bunch of Spurs ex-former coaches that have gone on to be head coaches, and they're all available in this multiverse. James, oh. you know the field. You know the names, the usual suspects, Coach Bud, Brett Brown, Quinn Snyder, and then maybe some of the ones that kind of get it forgotten. Your Mike Browns, your James Borrego, and a bunch of guys in between. <laughs> Start off with your number one guy. Who is high on your list that you want back as a Spurs head coach in this multiverse scenario? Okay. Uh, just to finish on the pop thing, though. Before we dive into this, the reason I think that he comes back is there is no uh, 
and no plan of secession is the fact that if Becky was in fact about to take over and the plan of secession was in place, why would Shams report that she's going to interview for the Magic and Trailblazer jobs and that she's a finalist and that she's actually going to interview? If she's already guaranteed the job here in San Antonio, then there would be no need to go on these interviews, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, it's a fair, now, fair point. So go ahead. Take take it away, James. Okay. So if I'm going to rank these. By the way, can, order, can I ask you a quick quick question? Of course. Um, of course. Do, 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 do you have the uh, Infinity Gauntlet right now to activate the multiverse? I actually do. Cool. Activate it now, buddy. It is time for the Ultra Moment of the episode right here on Lockdown Spurs from your San Antonio Spurs last season. We're going to go to the Spurs' first half of their season and looking at those wins on the road versus both L.A. teams. It was uh, quite the display from your San Antonio Spurs. They not only go and beat the Clippers, they beat the Lakers, you know, beat Kawhi, but they did it in, in, in convincing fashion. They did it where they're stemming off any type of furious run from either team. It was just a good thing to see. A lot of Spurs fans were happy about that. And they were like, this could be the Spurs team for the future. This is it. This is it. They're going to be moving forward. Uh, it was quite the enjoying moment from last season's. And yeah, that's why it is the Michelob Ultra moment of uh, this episode of Lockdown Spurs. And hey, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the game. It's the whole game. Once again, this has been your Michelob Ultra moment of this episode of Locked on Spurs. All right, so in this multiversal experiment, if I could have one coach, my number one coach that is coaching somewhere else that was a Spurs assistant, it's Quinn Snyder. He's number one on my list. Uh, he has done a fantastic job over in Utah. He he is basically running the scheme that everybody hated for the most part in Houston because it's volume threes. You, you're going to take threes. You're going to make more threes than the other person and has led them to the best record in the West this year, despite only having really one superstar on that mm-hmm. team. And uh, their superstar, uh, you can argue, is less than what the Rockets' superstar was when they were together. So, I mean, the, what he's done with the pieces that he's managed to surround Donovan Mitchell with having a great defensive player rim protector and and the ability to switch with Rudy Gobert and then surrounding him with you know Bogdanovich and Ingles and San Antonio's own Jordan Clarkson and, and Mike Conley who they ended up trading for that ended up becoming you know a very valuable piece for them and it's they're clearly missing him right now in that series against the Clippers as. You know, he ended up becoming an all-star alternate, beating out DeMar into the all-star game this year. I love what Quinn Snyder has done up in Utah, and I think Mm -hmm. that he is a hell of a coach. And one thing I would love to see is this team take more threes. (laughs) And, I mean, he is far and away one with a bullet, and it's not even close with everybody else on the list. 
Yeah, I'm going to give you my number one pick. And yeah, and Quinn was up there for me. And, you know, obviously we got to generate debate, everybody. So I can't pick Quinn. So I'm going to go with my second pick. Uh, it would be uh, Ettore Messina. I think okay. Messina, I, I think I think he, you know, obviously, you know, well, in this multiverse, everything is perfect. But we're going to step out of the multiverse right now. In his uh, situation with Sanchez before he left, you know, obviously different circumstances. You know, he's much older. You, you know, he's been there, done that overseas in the Euro leagues and, you know, really didn't get his crack in the NBA. But now I'm going to enter back into the multiverse. Um, I think he fits well. I think he's the the disciplinarian, the the commands of respect. His resume is incredible. Uh, when he was a Spurs assistant coach, you know, there were times where I felt like, you know, Messina kind of has these guys more on point than Popovich at times. And he did a bang up job, especially my point to that is in the playoffs when he had to step in, you know, unfortunately due to Pop's um, personal life being impacted by the loss of his wife, but he came in on a moment's notice and just had to do it the best he can uh, in the playoffs versus Golden State. He has the resume, James. He has the know-how. Um, he's he's a Hall of Fame-bound uh, uh, basketball coach. I think Messina could carry on that Spurs winning tradition. And you add what he's already done before he came to in the NBA – he was groomed a bit more. He wasn't just groomed in San Antonio. He was groomed in the, the Lakers system as well. So he has, you know, that Lakers, you know, work. You know, he has the Spurs. That's where he spent most considerable time there in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. I think he, in this multiverse situation, would be my number one pick. James, your thought? I like him. I like him. He's in my top five. He's just not my top one or my top two. Is it because he's just too much of a disciplinary, like not a player's coach? I mean, he strikes me as that kind of like, we're going to get down to work people, you're on board no, or not. No, not so much. It's, it's more so the, you know, European aspect and your ability to relate with NBA players, especially the ever-evolving climate in the NBA right now with players getting younger, especially the Spurs getting younger right now. And I just don't know if he can relate to today's younger American athlete the same way that he does on the European scene. Do you, do you think, you know, Messina didn't get a fair shot in the NBA? Didn't have to be a San Antonio because he, he had a shot in, in, in the Lakers land as well. Your thoughts? Um, I mean, it's hard to say. There's a lot of people that don't get a fair shot, and it's for whatever reason. But, you know, if you get your shot and you you make the best of it, then big things can happen, much like my number two guy in this what-if scenario. If I'm looking for someone that is going to take an opportunity and seize it, my number two guy is that guy because Taylor Jenkins and what he's done in Memphis is incredible. And, and most people might be going Taylor Jenkins. Yeah, yeah, he was the head coach of the Austin Toros at the time, which was right. the Spurs developmental league team Absolutely. before it became the Austin Spurs. So, I mean, he's a dude that, you know, came from the G League to an NBA head coach in the Spurs system. And he has done fantastic things and really seized his opportunity with the Memphis Grizzlies and turned them around 
you know, relatively quickly since he's been there. Yeah, and Jenkins is also high on my list if in this what of multiverse scenario here, what you're seeing what he's doing with a young group, as you highlighted, and getting them to play winning basketball. And it looks like they're just scratching the surface in uh, Memphis. And giving them minutes. And giving them minutes. Something that Popovich <laughs> is historically, it's not just happened last year or the year before, historically, since Pop became an NBA coach, he doesn't really give young players a long leash. But Jenkins is interesting. Yeah, he has that Austin Spurs background. Uh, he had success in the G League. He's finding success right now in Memphis. And I think his path is is set for him. You, you've got John Moran. You've got Jaron Jackson Jr. You, you got, mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden Dylan Brooks becomes a player. It, the it's list goes on and on. Yeah. So, and Jenkins put that together. And, uh, yeah, they they um, made it to the play-in tournament, beat your Spurs, James. And mm-hmm. um, moved on, and you know the Spurs were sent home. Pack, yeah, Jenks is, is quite the interesting pick. Uh, but even my they number gave t- gave Utah a run too, right? Yeah, and they gave Utah quite the run. My number two pick may stir the pot a bit. I know James maybe roll his eyes. Is Brett Brown? I think Brett oh Brown. My God, I know. See, here we go. Can I roll my eyes any louder. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Brett Brown. He had success in Philly, but it was just mired in injuries. Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. Um, there was that whole fiasco with management. Didn't, didn't, didn't one of the uh, – was it the GM or the president? Somebody had a burner and just – The threw, GM. The GM, yeah, and just, just, just drama on and off the court. You know, players being injured, but yet he still put together, you know, what he could, a solid Philly team. You had a different Joel Embiid – under under Brett Brown than what you're seeing right now. Brett Brown, Joel Embiid was a, was a clown, was a goofball, was you know not really taking the game seriously until we're seeing it this year, this this year. And and he, Ben Simmons is a different player. You add that he didn't really get a good a peak or at least an, a professional basketball player with Joel Embiid. He was a good player, but he wasn't at the, the mentality. The maturity wasn't there. You couple all that together, and I, I, I just think, and look, now in all fairness, Philly gave him quite the shot. I mean, I don't know how long he was with they them. Did. I mean, he was. They gave they him an, a very good shot, and yeah. you know, part of like these people maturing, whether it's uh, under Doc Rivers or whatever, it's they didn't do it under Brett Brown, and Joel Embiid was still a very, very, very good player right. under uh, Brett Brown, and you know he couldn't get Ben Simmons to get a jumper. Well, guess what? Doc Rivers can't either, but at least he's managing to find ways to make him an right. effective basketball player. So I just have an issue with Brett Brown. He's not even on my top five because he – he had tons of talent in Philly and he just couldn't do anything with it. And the process was, I don't know, maybe in a way hindered by what he did there. I, I think that, you know, unfortunately, I, I don't see him as someone that I would want to bring back to San Antonio. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com right now to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. 
The rockauto.com is unique, it's easy to navigate, the prices are always going to be reliably low. You can even choose the brand specifications and the prices that you prefer. So don't go spending up to twice as much when you simply go to rockauto.com right now. And hey, all those parts that you're going to buy, they're going to be delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on to their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. An amazing selection of reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Better line is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action over at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, and UFC MMA action. So before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for the runs to the playoffs. Head to the website right now, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and get yourself a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code Locked On. You factor in the the drama he had to deal with, though, on and off the court. I mean, there there was a lot. I mean, there, it just here's remember the how problem, unstable though, as a head coach, was. you have to be able to deal with that. You have to be able to weather stuff like that. You have to be able to right the ship on things like that. That's part of being a head coach is your ability to handle and uh, avert crises within the locker room or within the organization and be able to take those whether it's slings and arrows or if it's just deflect it from the outside world to help to keep the team on track like that's part of the job that's what pop does here in san antonio that's the reason like there aren't many stories that get out but the ones that are that do get out they get shut down really quickly and Mm -hmm. that's part of being a head coach and brett brown didn't do that effectively Absolutely. We're talking with James Pledger of ESPN San Antonio. He is the co-host of the Saturday Morning Hangover. If you have a YouTube, which everybody does nowadays on their cell phone and laptop, just go to YouTube, search the Saturday Morning Hangover ESPN San Antonio, and guess what? You will get to check out James and his co-host Jack Thompson do their thing every Saturday morning. You And by the way, everybody, you're in the Lockdown Spurs multiverse as we're discussing a what-if mm-hmm. scenario. What if Becky says no and Pop says I'm done, and the Spurs want to bring back a former assistant coach that has been an NBA coach uh, since leaving San Antonio, and that discounts Ime Udoka, in case everybody's not listening, because he's an assistant coach right now. He's not taking the reins yet. Would it eliminate Jacques Vaughn? Because he was interim head coach for Brooklyn there at the end, right? I don't think it does. I think that that counts in this multiverse. So that go ahead. Counts? Is that it? I, I I would assume so. I mean, That's was, was he an was, was he an assistant coach with San Antonio? Yeah, he was an assistant coach with San okay. Antonio for Just a little bit under under Greg Popovich after he finished playing here. Um, and he would be my number three. I think he's long overdue for a head coaching job, much like many people. <laughs> <laughs> that you look at when there are retreads or you see Mike D'Antoni get, you know, another opportunity or Fisdale or whoever it may be get their next opportunity and you get you fail to see like luckily with Houston they gave Steven Silas a shot and right. brought in a young coach to kinda help weather this young team that they're gonna have in a rebuild scenario. But I'm all about giving young coaches an opportunity. And one of them is, and if 
in this world, in this what-if world that plays, the fact that he was an assistant here and ended up becoming the interim head coach in, in Brooklyn before, you know, Steve Nash was officially given the job. And we see what Steve Nash has done up in Brooklyn to this point. Like, I'm all for young head coaches giving them an opportunity to grow because I do feel like sometimes we get a little, you know, old guard heavy in terms of, you know, who's a guy that's done this before, who's, you know, bringing in yet the same old tired face with the, you know, different message. I think players would respond to a guy that has played mm-hmm. and not only played, but is kind of closer to their age as well and can kind of relate to them a little bit easier. I think that, you know, the way that this league is trending with the players having more power, having a player that can at least see them as a, almost a peer in, in a sense of this guy plays, he played, he knows, you know, he's young, he, he may play some Xbox or PS5 mm-hmm. or whatever, jump, jump in on some Call of Duty on road trips with us, whatever it may be. Like, I think that matters in a sense and just getting through to these younger players. And if Becky was gone and Pop retired, I wouldn't mind giving Jacques Vaughn a chance. Yeah, Jacques is interesting. And he's a guy that, that fell off my radar. Uh, he, you know, I think he's now coaching in college. Uh, on the level, but yeah, Jacques Vaughn only was a player for the Spurs and actually won a title with San Antonio in uh, mm-hmm. 2007. He was assistant coach with the Spurs from 2010 to 2012. So a couple years as an assistant, uh, three years as an NBA uh, Spurs player. He put that all together. Could fit in quite well in San Antonio. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah young it understands the, the plight of the player different, you know, much differently. Think about it. Remember everybody Popovich has never played one second in the NBA, not one, mm-hmm. but Jacques Vaughn has. So you put that together and Jacques Vaughn would be a nice, nice fit in San Antonio. Now, this is also going to get James sign and, or maybe it might get him be like, Hey, maybe that'll work. What about Tom Thibodeau? Thibodeau, now with the Knicks, took the mm-hmm. Knicks, the Knicks, to the playoffs, a team that historically, or at least recent history, has been bad, got a team together, a Julius Randle, a Derrick Rose, a, mm-hmm. and put a team together and got the Knicks into the postseason. Brings that defense. That's what he's known. And Knicks were one of the top defensive teams last year in the NBA I think sometimes, um, you know, you well, just a couple years ago. Tibbs was an assistant here. Uh, Tibbs was an assistant from, uh, let me look that up real fast, from uh, 92 to 94. Okay. Okay. So this is, okay, no wonder I didn't remember him. I thought we were looking at his former assistants that were under pot. (laughs) (laughs) But but your thoughts on Tibbs, though? Look, I don't hate that. Like, as a matter, I didn't think of it because you know I was thinking you know assistance under Pop that we would bring right. back. I wasn't thinking just Spurs assistance throughout the history of of the right. franchise. So, I mean, that's a very interesting one. He is a fantastic coach. He's done great things at a bunch of the places he's done, and taking a 
team like the Knicks that have sucked for the last 15 years and not only taking them to the playoffs, but giving them a top four seed? Were they four or five this year? The Knicks, they were number four. Yeah, right? so yeah, I mean, four, yeah. they they get a four seed with a team sans a superstar. You know, they don't have a star. Like Julius Randle has been a cast off from, from most places he's been and finally became an all-star this year. But I mean, they, would you consider him a star or superstar of any sort? Yeah, yeah. So what he's done there is incredible with, you know, the roster that he has and what he managed to get them to accomplish in his year in New York. That's, that's incredible. And I, I hadn't thought of it, but I wouldn't be utterly opposed to it either. The one thing you got to worry about with Tibbs is he's kind of got a short shelf life in terms of the buy-in that he gets from the players mm-hmm. because the offense does struggle and it is very defensive reliant and the offensive sets aren't fantastic. And we saw that get exposed in the playoffs against the Absolutely. Hawks. So, I mean, that's the one drawback to coach Tibbs while he's great at a, at a turnaround and installing a mindset and, and a system that system isn't known for long-term success where he goes. Yeah. Yeah. You, you saw the issues he had in Chicago. Uh, I think there was like a player revolt or something. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what it felt like. Yeah. And not doesn't have the greatest reputation among NBA players, but maybe his time at New York and what he did for that team on the court uh, may have changed that. You know, you didn't really see much or hear much about any type of player Tibbs interaction. I mean, Derek Rose went back there. So and he was okay, and to, you know Rose was a part of that you know Bulls team where that kind of fell apart under Tibbs. All in all, I think that that I think Tibbs would fit in really good in San Antonio. Now let's give out an honorable mention. We gave out our top threes, so I'll start us off. Honorable mention for me in this multiverse right here in Lockdown Spurs. Mm-hmm. Um, get your thoughts here, PJ Carlissimo. Go, James. What do you think? I like PJ, but he's been away from the game for a little bit. And he's doing really good on ESPN and calling games yeah. and being an analyst there. But uh, in terms of getting back into coaching, I'm not sure that he's at a point or where he can keep up with the way the game is trending. Who is your honorable mention? If I'm going to give an honorable mention to someone. Uh, Drum roll, please. I really think if I'm going to get honorable mention, I'm going to kind of lean. The anticipation right here on Lockdown Spurs. I'm going to lean Coach Bud. Okay. It seems like he may be on his way out in Milwaukee anyway. And it's a team that seemingly has fallen short despite its talent and despite having one of the best players in the NBA, including a multiple MVP winner in Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, Chris Middleton 
as an all-star. They added a Drew Holiday this year and mm-hmm. P.J. Tucker. And, you know, Kevin Durant goes off and a one-legged James Harden manages to put that team on the brink of elimination. And I feel like Coach Bud could be on his way out. But you do like what he did build there in Milwaukee. It just seems like he's having a difficult time getting over the hump with that team. Yeah. Um, you know, Coach Bud is interesting. He was considered for quite some time the heir to the head coaching seat in San Antonio. I mean, you remember mm-hmm. those days, James. I mean, yeah, fans yep. were just beating the drum. When is Pop leaving for Coach Bud? Yeah. Uh, by the way, everybody, yeah, there's been it's been years of hearing fan base asking when Pop is exiting. Yeah, even from the, from the Brown days. I'm sorry, the uh, Mike Budenholzer days. Excuse me. So People have been yeah, wondering he, he's, when he's leaving since he took over for Hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, um, but yeah, he 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 has. He, this is start over again. He's had a lot of success in the regular season with Atlanta mm-hmm. and and Milwaukee, but it really has not translated into playoff success. You just saw it recently with the Bucks game versus the Nets. I mean, that was a, a disaster for him. That mm-hmm. if the Bucks don't survive this series, that game could have been the last could have been the game that sealed his fate in Milwaukee. Um, so yeah, coach Bud is interesting. Yeah. You, you, you ask a lot of Spurs fans, even Bucks fans, they'll tell you, nah, well, you know, you want to pass on coach Bud. I mean, he's gotten to that point now, you know, it's, 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 I want to say sad to see those, that that's just the way it is in the NBA coaching life. You know, you go to teams that just doesn't work out. And coach Bud is going through that not once, but twice now with first the Hawks and now with the Bucks. Some names that we did not mention, James. Um, James Borrego mm-hmm. and Mike Brown. Your thoughts? Uh, Mike Brown, you know, he's had some success along the way. Um, but I do think that, you know, he's more of an older style of coach and that the, the way the league has trended you know, some coaches have failed to adapt to what the league is transitioning into in terms of just being A, a player's league, and B, a, instead of an inside-out game, an outside-in game. And I think that's a tough transition for some of these old-school, old-mentality coaches to adapt to, and that's a tough one. Yeah, Who I do want on my list, and, and he was – probably next in line, even ahead of Coach Bud, was James Boriego. I love what he's done so far in Charlotte with, mm-hmm. you know, a perennially bad team that has really not snipped success since the years of Muggsy Bogues, Alonzo Mourning, and Larry Johnson, if mm-hmm. we're going to be honest. So that what he's been able to do with that team in, in Charlotte and, you know, young players again, you know, P.J. Washington, you talk about Terry Rozier, you talk about uh, LaMelo Ball and, and the players that they have on that team and the roster that's so young and how he's been able to develop them and get them into the postseason this year. I'm a big fan of Boriego and the Charlotte mm-hmm. Hornets this season. Yeah, he, he's definitely instilling that Spurs culture in uh, Charlotte. As a matter of fact, wasn't uh, Charlotte – a pick for Tony Parker when he was a free agent and wanted to go mm-hmm. somewhere. And he mentioned James Borrego is a big reason why he chose Charlotte for that one year. And uh, yeah, uh, you know, he definitely, he's definitely a young coach. He's on the rise. We'll see, you know, 
I think next season for Borrego, he's kind of, you know, all eyes are going to be looking at him if you're a Charlotte fan or just, you know, Charlotte you know, Hornets in general. Just, mm-hmm. all right, James, you know, what you got, you know, here we go. You, you know, I think they're going to need to see some success. We'll see if he he has the medal to survive. No love for, for, for going way back, way back. George Carl? <laughs> 73 <laughs> to 78 he was a spurs assistant coach okay <laughs> we're going way way back everybody way way back it's, no, excuse me i'm sorry 78 through 80s when he was a spurs assistant coach but all jokes aside yeah it's interesting is going to be um for the spurs whether it be this offseason next offseason it that time is coming and it's coming fast where pop is going to have to make a decision you know Keep on mm-hmm. keeping on or calling it a day. You know, that window is closing fast. It may even close this offseason. We don't know yet. We'll definitely find out. And, um, but yeah, that's something to keep an eye on, though. Like James highlighted earlier, Becky taking interviews, that should say something. But the moment you hear Becky stop taking interviews, that's when your ear should perk up. And, huh? huh? Excuse me? What? Mm-hmm. She does she mm-hmm. decline the interview for Portland? She declined the interview for Milwaukee, but but Lee, remember Milwaukee reached out to her a few years ago, so mm-hmm. she she you know she's been on the Milwaukee radar for quite some time. It's, it's really going to be an interesting uh, situation for the Spurs as they're turning a new chapter in their history. Had, as you had the story, I mean, there was a billboard put up for for Boston, yeah. and I'd be. I'd be crazy not to take the Boston job in terms of just the talent available to me there. And if Milwaukee becomes available again and they look down towards San Antonio again, it'd be hard to say no to coaching Antetokounmpo, mm-hmm. Drew Holiday, and yep. Chris Middleton. I mean, Absolutely. that'd be a really hard thing to say no to as well. So, I mean, if Becky's going to have options, there there were a few teams, and including I'm including in this Portland, who mm-hmm. has Lillard and McCollum right now, and Nurchic. I mean, those those are teams that have pretty good young cores that are very intriguing if you're going to be a first-time coach. And with those teams, you know what you're not having to do? Replace a legend. Yeah, exactly. The old and, adage and that, is you don't want to be the dude that replaces the dude. You want to be the dude that replaces the dude that replaced the dude. The multiverse is is weakening right now. The multiverse, the stream, is is falling apart. I think we got the the TVN on us. Um, <laughs> James, they're coming in. Is they're they're gonna arrest us? So we're gonna get out to get get out of this multiverse timeline right now. So let's go ahead and exit the multiverse. But we want to hear from you. If you were having some fun and you want to have just fun with this, and you could pick any of the Spurs assistant coaches that have gone on to become head coaches in the NBA. Who would you pick? Was it somebody we missed? Was it a guy like Paul Pressy? Was it a guy like, uh, you know, just a name maybe that we just overlooked? Let us know. You can let me know on Twitter <laughs> at Jeff G Spurs Zone. Uh, you can let James know on Twitter at I am Pledger right now. James, uh, completely off topic here, but um, uh, I you were not surprised to find out that Killmonger from mm-hmm. uh, Black Panther. The actor Michael B. Jordan played him. Mm-hmm. Based the character off your guy, Vegeta from the Dragon Ball series. I mean, <laughs> that blew my mind when I found that out, James. I mean, it shouldn't. I mean, you could easily tell he was wearing Saiyan armor for the most part. 
and it, it was a very DBZ inspired getup that he was wearing throughout the majority of the of the picture. Which, I mean, it's it's so cool because one of Marvel Cinematic Universe's greatest villains outside of you know Loki, who's turning more into an antihero, like you kind of understood what Killmonger was doing. You understood his frustration. You understood why he was doing what he was doing. And that made him super relatable, which made him a fantastic villain in that flick. And Mm -hmm. it it was just sad that, you know, there wasn't the the opportunity for him to become a Loki-like villain in the MCU that, you know, kind of goes on and grows and becomes something greater. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not shocked that he was based off the Vegeta because that's kind of the story arc we saw from Vegeta. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, here was a guy, Vegeta and Killmonger that had a right to the throne. I mean, Vegeta had it. I mean, that was his, it was his technically, right? It was his. He was the next in line. He was the next in line. Killmonger felt that he was the next and challenged the throne. And he had some guy in his way. There was T'Challa, and for Vegeta, it was Goku. But the, um, the, 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 the uniform, the Saiyan armor, it was just so uncanny. And if, it's one of those things where, for those who didn't who missed it, and you go back and look, it makes you kind of want to hit your head like, oh, my God, it was right in front of your face. It really was. <laughs> it You're was. like, it's, it's the blue I'm long sleeve. That's why you didn't see it. <laughs> well, he, he's wearing the blue long sleeve power shirt that Vegeta mm-hmm. wears. He's wearing the yellow straps. Killmonger wears that. Mm-hmm. And and he's wearing the body armor, which in Vegeta, he's wearing white. And this was more of a metallic, wasn't it? Yeah. But, I mean, the, it was the similarity armor. is uncanny. Yeah. And it's it's an easy resemblance to see that they made. And I, I love it. And it's just one other reason where I look at that and go, why can't we get a DBZ movie? I know. <laughs> Marvel. Talk to to who who is it? Funimation. Talk to them yeah. right now. Get something going on. We love to see it. Hey, we're gonna back quickly on on the uh, spur side of the tracks here. Um, I recently released an article, James. I, I mean, you saw it. What Kelton Johnson did for the uh, students mm-hmm. at Lanier uh, basketball uh, team donated a ten thousand dollar value basketball shooting machine. His way of giving thanks. To the San Antonio community and especially Lanier, since he uses the gym quite often, from what I've been told. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's really embedding himself in the San Antonio fiber, isn't he? He truly is. And it's incredible to kind of understand, you know, how he's not just only ingratiating himself into the San Antonio and its culture, but, you know, just. The, the humble, low-key kind of dude that he is. Yeah. And you you really love that about him. And the fact that, you know, he's really just about ball. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. He's just about ball and helping people out. And that's really a refreshing thing to see from him. And mm-hmm. um, I know you talked to Michael this week about the alphas and the betas. Mm-hmm. I have yet to be able to jam that. Uh, podcast in yet when I saw it today but can I guess who's the alpha and who's the beta go for it I'm going to well in my opinion it, I think it's DeJounte's the alpha Keldon's the beta 
That that was uh, Michael's pick. I went with Dejounte's the Alpha. Actually, I take it back. I said Dejounte's the interim Alpha, and uh, Derek White was the Beta. So, there you have it. Mm-hmm. Hey, interesting. Yeah, but hey, we're running out of time though. We want to quickly uh, give a. Uh, shout out to James Pledger here. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at I am Pledger right now and uh, listen to the Saturday morning hangover over at ESPN San Antonio every Saturday, 94.5. Thank you. 94.5 FM, 1250 AM. And yeah, subscribe uh, to the YouTube page right now for ESPN San Antonio. As for me, follow me on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone. Subscribe to Lockdown Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcast. So for James Pledger, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put on a lock on this episode of Lockdown Spurs. Mm-hmm.